Thank you for joining us for this episode of Growing Faith Podcast, focusing on the Lord's Prayer. The Our Father, also known as the Lord's Prayer, is perhaps the most common prayer used across the entire Christian community among the various Christian denominations. Our discussion today, gleaned from various things I have read throughout the years, will explore the question, is it only a prayer or is it a way of life for a disciple of Christ? Although I refer to it as a prayer throughout the podcast, my context of understanding is that it is more than just a prayer. It is the very model of true discipleship itself. So grab your favorite cup of brew, kick back, and let's get started. The Our Father is found in two of the four Gospels. In Matthew 6, verses 9 to 15, it is part of the larger Sermon on the Mount, a lengthy passage revealing Jesus' teaching authority. What's interesting to note is that Jesus sandwiches this prayer in the midst of several verses, saying, don't be like the hypocrites, a phrase he uses three times in chapter 6, twice before this prayer and once after. Right from the start, Jesus is referring to a life of integrity. Be who you say you are. Don't be a hypocrite. In Luke 11, verses 1 to 4, it's given as a response to the disciples' request. Lord, teach us how to pray. While Jesus addresses a large, diverse crowd in Matthew, in Luke, Jesus speaks directly to those followers who take seriously their call to discipleship. As we begin to drill down into the prayer itself, what becomes obvious is that it is divided into two parts. The first part ends with, on earth as it is in heaven. This first part pertains to God and God's glory with phrases such as you are in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done. This first part establishes right relationship with God, that God comes first because God belongs first. Before and above all other things, scripture says, all was created for him, all was created through him. He is before all else that is. As a faithful disciple, we acknowledge God's proper place in our lives. Let's take a closer look at the implications of part one. Once we address God as our parent, father, it shapes all other relationships. Everyone is a brother and sister to us. 
No one is excluded from our care or concern. Boundaries which separate us are artificial. They are human made. We are all united together and are one with creation. Since all of creation exists within the life of God, being connected to God as our creator, parent, we are connected to everything else. Think of Francis, Brother Sun, Sister Moon, Brother Wind, Sister Water. All of creation is in our care. The phrase, you are in heaven, captures an older understanding of God. It speaks to a separation. God is there, we're not, we're here. On the one hand, yes, God fills the heavens since the earth cannot contain such a presence. In reality though, God is part of our world, making a home for the divine life in our very hearts. A life that runs throughout all of creation is a life that is everywhere. The word hollow is typically considered to mean other or holy, as only God is holy. Name in the Old Testament refers to one's nature, essence, and character. Holy is your name actually means that there is no one or nothing else that is like God. God is totally other, different in nature than anything in the created order. That's why God is outside our capacity to fully understand. God is incomprehensible because God is completely other. It is in God's desire to be known that God chooses to reveal the life of the Divine Trinity. Next, we pray, your kingdom come. We may ask ourselves two questions. What exactly is the kingdom? Jesus tells us in this prayer, it is God's will being done on earth as it is in heaven. That being true, who's going to do God's will here on earth? We think of Mary, be it done unto me according to your will. Jesus, not my will, but yours be done. To pray this part of the Our Father is to pray that we can submit our own wills entirely to the will of God. When we honestly desire and seek to conform our will to God's will, to pray not my will, but yours be done, it says two things about God and our relationship with God. First, we have confidence in the wisdom of God. God is all seeing and all knowing. It says that God knows more than I do and sees more than I can see in any given situation. So I trust God 
by putting myself in God's hands. Second, that we have confidence in the love of God, that God knows me better than I know myself, and that God would never will for anything that would harm us. Would a father give his child a stone when he asks for bread? How much more does your heavenly father know how to give what is the best for you? Praying to submit our wills to God with unwavering trust is discipleship at its core. Part two of the Our Father contains three petitions, all of which have to do with our human needs. Thus the pronouns we, our, us, a different focus than you, your, of part one. These three petitions reveal five key points in our relationship with God. First, God is concerned about our needs, cares for our well-being, and that we have what we need as human beings to live life fully. Second, our petitions acknowledge that we are dependent on God for what we need. We pray this second part as mere creatures turning to God with open hands. Third, when we give God his proper place, putting God first in all things, everything else flows from this context of right relationship. Fourth, part two reveals the way God works. God requires our cooperation. Without God, we can do nothing. Without our cooperation and efforts, God can do nothing for us. We have to receive all that God gives by using our gifts and talents, which God has provided. Finally, we note again the pronouns of part two, us, we, our. Prayer can never be selfish although we can and do often pray for ourselves. But when we pray, we pray for the us of all humanity. Whatever we receive from God is meant just not for ourselves, but to be shared with others. As God shows care and concern for us and our needs, we too must show that same care and concern for others. Let's dig a little deeper into this part two. The first petition, give us this day our daily bread. This petition focuses on everything we need for life on this planet. We ask for our food, but it also includes our need for shelter and protection from the cold, our need for clothing, for health care, and education to develop our minds and reach our potential. 
This petition covers all our physical needs and includes all people, especially those who suffer from poverty and have limited access to what is needed. The us and we also include all of creation that also depends on God's providence to flourish. The first petition is about our physical needs and those of all creation. Let's put a pin in that. The second petition, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. This petition focuses on our social self, our relationships with others. Without forgiveness, we would eventually have no friends. But where do relations begin? I suggest they all begin in the mind. What do we think of this person? How are we assessing them, perhaps judging them? Our thoughts then informs our feelings, which engages our hearts. We either like others or we don't. With all the various feelings of the heart in between, being shaped by what we think. What we think and feel about a person will either enable our forgiveness or become obstacles to our ability to forgive. This second petition is about our social self, shaped by our mind and heart. Let's put a pin here too. The third petition, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. We know temptation and evil turns us away from God. Stated in the positive, this petition prays to be led towards Christ, towards goodness, towards light. This petition engages our spirit, our soul, that deep center in us that holds the divine life. Praying that we don't live our life unaware or detached from God's life within us but that the divine presence is always front and center, leading us in our daily lives. These three petitions focus on different aspects of our humanity, our physical self, our social relational self, and our spiritual self, our body, our mind and heart, and our soul. By giving us this section of the Our Father, Jesus reminds us that as disciples, we bring our full and entire personhood before God. In our prayer and relationship with God, we don't leave any part of ourselves behind. We bring all that we are, all that we have, all of our needs and stand before the divine, acknowledging our dependency as well 
as our trust in the loving goodness of God. But that's not all. As we bring our entire self before God, we encounter the fullness of the Trinitarian God. Everything we require to sustain our physical life here on earth is provided to us through creation, from the cosmic universe to every corner of this planet. In the first petition, we encounter the Creator, the first person of the Trinity. In the second petition, we encounter Christ, the second person of the Trinity, who shared our humanity in body, mind, heart, and soul, and lived among us. Christ is the one who brings reconciliation. How often did he speak of forgiveness? How often did he forgive others and urged us to forgive? He cautioned us not to judge a function of our thoughts, but to love each other from our hearts. The third petition, we encounter the sanctifier, the third person of the Trinity. For it is the Holy Spirit, Jesus told his disciples, who will guide us and remind us of all Christ taught. It is the spirit that we receive in baptism that draws us away from temptation through grace and not only leads us to God, but accompanies us along the way. As we bring our whole self before God, both in prayer and in relationship, we encounter each divine person of the Trinity. God, the creator, who in Old Testament times was the God for us. Jesus, the God with us. The Holy Spirit, the God within us. The Lord's Prayer is a model of discipleship. It urges us to right relationship with God, keeping God front and center in our life, trusting in God's providence while recognizing our dependency on God and the need for our cooperation with all that God wills for us. It reminds us of our share in Christ's mission of bringing the kingdom here on earth. While we teach this prayer to children, this prayer is meant to be the path to true discipleship. With the voice of Andrea Bocelli, with the Mormon Tabernacle Choir, this piece of music, it's so special. I would like you all to have a look at it, please right now.
Thank you for spending time with us today as we explored the Lord's Prayer from its depths. I want to take this moment to also introduce one of our sisters, Sister Diane Tompkinson, who is joining the Charism Office as the engagement minister for our congregation. As such, she will assume the coordination of the podcasts in October. 
Sister Diane is inviting our listeners to suggest topics for future podcasts by emailing communications at osfphila.org. We welcome Diane and are excited for what she will bring to this ministry. In the meantime, thank you for being with us this past year. Signing off by wishing you peace and all good. And remember, the future is bright as we bring the light.